Welcome to Africa Calling, a weekly Africa-centered podcast on news and features from around the continent by our correspondents throughout Africa. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of the Africa Calling podcast on April 1st, 2022. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. This week, we have a number of interesting stories from our correspondents in East and West Africa. In this episode, our correspondent in Kenya goes to an eco-pencil factory to find out why it's so special. And our Nigeria correspondent takes a look at a slavery museum right outside of Lagos. And finally, don't forget our special song at the end. Africa Calling. In Kenya, we begin the journey of education with a pencil in our hand. From scribbles and doodles to ideas and inventions, the pencil has been the medium of putting thoughts on paper for centuries. This week, we focus on a Kenyan company that has found a way to make eco-friendly pencils instead of wood-based ones. Our reporter, Anne Masharia, filed the following report. We are here at the Momo Pencil Factory in Athi River, the outskirts of Nairobi, Kenya, where newspapers are given a new life, turned into something people read, to a tool people write with. The company buys waste newsprint and uses 18 different processes to produce a water-resistant pencil that lasts to three times longer than ordinary pencils. The manufacturing process is made up of three stages. In the first step, a sizing machine performs the task of chopping papers into the desired dimension. This is followed by rolling the chopped paper with non-toxic graphite in a rolling machine. And here, in the final stage, unfinished pencils drop from the rolling machine. And for the finishing touch, another machine cuts the rolled papers into pencil units. Here at the factory, Mohamed Umari, the co-founder of the company, walks through the facility talking to employees. He emphasizes Momo Pencil philosophy on producing eco-friendly products which do not harm the habitats, whether in production, use or disposal. We felt that apart from the generic usage of the pencil, which is writing and drawing, then we can also use the same tool to impact and make real change in the environment. At the Creative Minds Academy in Athi River, outskirts of Kenya's capital Nairobi, Omari is distributing pencils to students who are his biggest clients. The pencils are also sold through a number of retailers to businesses and government agencies. Omari says pencils help young minds understand the importance of environmental conservation. When a child comes and asks for 10 shillings or 15 shillings to buy a pencil, it's a very big challenge for that parent. But when you empower that child through a pencil, what you've done is you've actually uh, given them hope um, for education, hope for their future. Here at Creative Mind School, children enjoy using Momo Pencil. They're not only eco-friendly, but they are affordable. Noelo Mokubi, an environmental educator at Momo Pencils, says that they use the pencils to create environmental awareness. 
We don't only donate the pencils, but we take them through a session where we just teach them on matters, environment, and then we plant trees with them. We teach them how to take care of the trees. Out on the school playground, we talk to a few students. Pupil Nathan Moke says he likes learning about the environment. They have shown us how to plant trees. They have also tell us the benefits of trees, like oxygen and the shade, as you can see. While Joy Wangeshi tells us about how the pencil is made. They have taught us a lot about trees and the importances of trees. And also they've given us the normal pencil. I'm very happy and excited for this normal pencil. It's made up from recycled newspapers. Meba Lokango, a head teacher at Creative Mind School, applauds Mama Pencil for their efforts to empower children using recycled pencils. We are happy to have Momo Pencils here. They have been coming, they have been assisting our children to have pencils, and we really appreciate. Our children are so happy they are using the pencils in class. The pencils are good because uh, they are not used to, uh, they are not manufactured using wood. As part of the world make the transition towards recycling initiatives such as Momo pencils are doing their part to protect the environment and provide simple tools for Kenya's children. For RFI's Africa Calling, this is Anne Masharia in Kenya's capital, Nairobi. Africa Calling, produced by Radio France International. In Lagos, the Badgeree Heritage Museum plays host to visitors who want to learn the history of the transatlantic slave trade. With relics, history, and relevant literature, the museum is educating visitors and tourists about the history of Badagri and its role as a major slave trade port in West Africa. From Lagos, Samuel Okocha reports on Badagri's significance as a historic town and tourist attraction. Thank you. Students from a primary school in Lagos are showing appreciation for their tour guide at the Badagri Heritage Museum outside of Lagos. Timiladi Akiola is a school teacher. She has come here with pupils from a primary school to see how people were enslaved and sold during the transatlantic slave trade. We're trying to use it to, to improve their learning ability because we've, they've done some of this in the classroom setting. So seeing it, you know, hits differently. So we're seeing, you know, firsthand, like, these are the things that we've been seeing on, you know, in our books. You know, these are the things and this, you know, what people actually went through. It goes a long way to help them understand what they've been taught in class. And here's the point of no return. At the Badagri Heritage Museum, Ondeyin Isiaka works as tour guide for the Lagos State Government. It's a Saturday and is walking students through various contents and sections at the museum. Slavery is something that is so heart-touching for someone that knows it very well. Slavery is so heart-touching. And then this museum compares all the story from the introduction down to the abolition, how the slavery started and how it ended. And so that's what I'm trying to elaborate to the students.
Tour guide Isiaka is a native of Badagri. He says the museum was not always a museum. There is yet another history behind it that is more recent and doesn't touch on slavery directly. Yeah, the building itself was built in the year 1863, so which happens to be the first administrative block in Nigeria, this is the first office, and then in the year 2002, it was converted into a museum by the Excellency Ashura Jubala Metinubu. So, Padagli is one of the best sites that you have to visit when you're talking about slavery. Not far away from the Badagri Heritage Museum, we arrive at the Mobi Slave Relics Museum, a privately owned museum by the descendants of the traditional ruler of Badagri during the slave trade. Here we have the original chain used on slaves during the days of slave trade. And this chain was brought here by the white men. And all this environment used as a slave corridor. Wearing the heavy chains as he speaks, Prince Abiod Mubi is a descendant of the royal family here and a tour operator himself. At this family museum, we see the grave of the late chief in control of Badagri during the days of slavery. The chief died on October 16, 1893. Prince Abiodu says it was during his time slavery stopped in Badagri in 1886. Indeed, towards the end of the 18th century, a movement emerged in Europe calling for an end to the slave trade and later slavery itself. But while Great Britain, responsible for 50% of trade in enslaved Africans, backed the abolition of slave trade in the early 18th century, it didn't apply to their colonies. Abiodun speaks about the significance of this area as Nigeria was an important colony of Britain. In each market here in Badagri, 300 slaves have been sold in a day. So 17,000 slaves sold annually here in Badagri. And this trade we're talking about lasted 400 years. So that tells us that Badagri's slave port happened to be the largest slave port in West Africa. At the slave port, some young people relax on wooden structure at the waterfront while music blares out from a small loudspeaker. Just in front of them, a man fans fire as he prepares some barbecue while locals around engage in petty trade. But there's not a lot of activity. So this place is wasting. The land is wasting. Abiodun means the slave port is operating far below its potential. Abiodun remembers when he gave tours for celebrities like LL Cool J and other tourists from America. But a dearth of supporting infrastructure and support means tour guides like him find it difficult to earn enough money from tourism, he says. You go to some other advanced country, this is what they are using to, you know, to boost yourself up. So the government will just need their assistance to put more empowerment in this tourism so that we too here in Nigeria, we can see something to say. As you try to, to renovate all the sites, you know, so that because before COVID-19, a lot of people used to come to Badagri. Before COVID, when COVID coming, people cease. They are just trying to receive some now. Back at the Heritage Museum, Isiaka continues his tour. Teacher Temilade Akinola and her students are getting back on the bus to return to Lagos. As Nigeria seeks to diversify away from oil as a major foreign exchange earner, 
Tourism looks like a good place to invest in. And in Lagos, Budagri, with its rich history, remains a fertile ground for such investments. Currently, the state government is finishing construction on the Vlekete slave market in Budagri in hopes it will boost the tourism potential of the historic town. Reporting for RFI's Africa Calling, this is Samuel Okocha in Lagos, Nigeria. Find us on your favorite podcast platform app, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We're almost at the end of our program. We have music maven Alison Hurd in the studio. Hi, Alison. What do you have for us today? Hi, Laurentula. Let's head to the dance floor in Lagos, Nigeria today to listen to Afropop singer-songwriter Adekunle Gold. He's been given a big push from superstar Davido, who joined him on his recent single, High. Gold released his fourth album, Catch Me If You Can, in February this year with a lot of guest artists, including the super Malian singer Fatumata Diawara. That's a sign for me that he's going to play for sure. So here are the two of them on the track Born Again. Hope you like it. Thanks for listening to episode 15 of Africa Calling. We'll leave you with Adekunle Gold and Fatumata Diawara. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. Goodbye for now. I've been living for people but me Such a shame I didn't get it sooner But better later than never Now I don't taste freedom, what that me more I'm a new man, forget what you know Now I don't find my voice, I go talk my shit now Deal with it, I don't answer to nobody Time to leave, oh yo yo Now me there on my company Follow my little go-go Motherland overseas I know that I can count on me, yeah I'm blessed with a day jarry See me how they prosper, yeah.